0: Still quite a lot of you in that beard. In that beard, yeah, I like to think so. (laughs) Hello, welcome to episode thirteen of What a Way to Go. This is a podcast about unusual deaths, near misses, and bizarre stories. We've got a bit of a different episode for you this week, because one Claire Daly is bloody sunning herself on the Costa del Sol, Ugh. or wherever she bloody is, having a lovely time, genuinely. Hope she's having a lovely time. <laughs> Do um, we? It's hot. Well, hot in London, Yeah, to be fair. we could be sunning ourselves in the streets of London, if we wanted to. But we're working. But we're working. Hard graft. Yes. Oh, yes. So what we're doing instead is we have got somebody in, a special guest, to talk to us about their near miss, which is a... Bloody interesting story. Yeah, it really is. So they will be. We'll be putting their story after Sarah and I give you our weekly dose of weird, death, weird shit. Yeah, yeah, weird stuff. You probably already know this, but we're your hosts. I'm Eleanor Gamer. I'm Sarah Austin. It feels weird being in the studio, just you and I. Yeah, and we're sat opposite each other. I know. this week, Which We've is a bit weird. Change the seats up. <laughs> Don't it's like seeing your on. whole
1: face. I just like seeing you <laughs> from the side.
0: And it's really gonna mess our flow. And yeah. Uh, don't know what to do. Should we just abandon it? Well,
1: no. I think we're kind of committed now.
0: We are here. We have done the research. It's just
1: weird not having daily. I really like daily's laugh. I know.
0: She brings a lot with that laugh. Yeah.
1: And her questions. Although your question last week about what's 999. your 999, what do you remember the most about 999, that was a great one.
0: Thanks. Occasionally they come to me, but normally... And quite bad. Um, <laughs> we, cool. we saw each other on Sunday, and I mentioned this to Sarah that when we were listening back to the podcast, Daily mentions Michael Burke. Being oh, yeah. A lucky yeah. Man. We do have to bring this up, actually. Um, and I did a little wikiing. Turns out he's a little bit of a chauvinist. Yeah. yeah. So anybody that listened to that and went, what the fuck are you on about? Sorry. What's uh, this?
1: We thought you were woke females yeah. and you worship at the ground of Michael Burke, you idiots. Yeah, we Sorry. know now. Sorry, we just remembered lovely Michael Burke from the 90s, yeah. not current Michael Burke.
0: We was, we've been schooled. Yeah. He's a
1: bit of an, well, quite a lot of an idiot.
0: I think he thinks that women's rights have gone far, too far yeah, far, far too too enough far. or too far. Um, doesn't believe in the Me Too movement. No, I don't think so. And I think wrote some sort of book or article or something like that. Christ. Yeah. Anyway, most of you probably just thought we don't give a shit anyway, but just in case, we're correcting that and we'll move on. We'll just move on. We'll draw a line under
1: it and we'll get on with the rest of our lives. We mm. just won't talk about Michael Burke again.
0: No. After today. No. Promises. Well, actually, unless one of us does another 999 story, which might happen because it's actually opened up a whole treasure trove of.
1: It really has, actually. And I survived.
0: Yes. So. Maybe. maybe we but we will. could just
1: say. The presenter who will not be named. Yeah. That's his new moniker. Okay. Fine.
0: Fine. Good. We're all Agreed. on the same page. Now, normally we would be this week, Claire would go first. But she's
1: not here. But she's I don't know not to here. make that clear. Yeah. She's not here.
0: Stop, look, she's just not here. Stop <laughs> going on about it. So, should I start? Yeah, I think you should start. Okay, I'll start. Mine's quite a short story this week, but hopefully that's fine. So, Mine's about a man. Oh, right, yeah. Not Michael Burke.
1: Okay, good. Well, he's not dead, so... No. Or maybe he had a near miss, no idea.
0: Maybe he had a 999 himself. It's a man from a town called Brunel Am Inn. It's a town in Austria, and it's known for two reasons. Number one, it's the birthplace of Adolf Hitler. That's not a good... It's not a great start. Reason. But luckily, this story is not about him. Okay, good. So I'll pop that to one side. Number two, the one-time mayor of Brunow, um Inn was killed by his own beard. So that's... <laughs> is that related to the story? That is the story, oh, right. yeah. I was say, like, is, that, is that it?
1: <laughs> it's a very short story this week. Yeah,
0: no, I'll t- I talk about what happened. I'll give you a bit of depth to it. I was like, where are we going? Okay, cool, I'm, I'm
1: locked in. Don't okay. not about...
0: Adolf. It's not I mean, about him. No, we don't want to know about him. We all know about him. Do we also find out why he was the only mayor of Austria? I don't think he was the only mayor of Austria. Oh, he was the one-time mayor. He was mayor. once mayor of this town at, at a point in history. Oh, okay. That's Probably just... there's a different mayor now. Okay. And the... I thought you were
1: going to say Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's Austrian, isn't he?
0: Yeah, but he's, he's much, mayor of...
1: Much younger. Was mayor of California.
0: Yeah, was. Is he not anymore? No. Okay. I
1: think he might run for president one day.
0: Oh, is he? he's a Democrat, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Fine, he's got my vote.
1: <laughs> We're in. Arnie, <laughs> call us. All
0: yours. Come on, got a in, li- near miss? <laughs> Come on. Uh, so, Hans Steininger was the mayor of Brenner Am um, Inn in the 1500s. Oh, okay. Not loads recorded about old Hans, don't know much about him, but to all knowledge, he was a popular mayor... And he was elected for several terms, so people were fans, big fans, big fans. They were into him. He was doing a good job, or maybe a bad job, and just people was voted a bit for of him a anyway. Maybe yeah. I don't know. He was also very well known for his beard. It was a key feature. Original hipster. Yes. So I would say, any men listening, get a beard. Fine, like a beard. Fan of a beard. Just be careful. Just be careful, and don't grow it too long. <laughs> There are limits. There are limits. This beard was four and a half foot long, which is
1: how many of you?
0: How much of you? It's it's less than me, but not that much less. By about
1: a foot. Okay. Yeah. That's still quite a lot of you in that beard. In that
0: beard, yeah, I like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) It hung in one long tendril, and it had a forked tip. It sounds like a snake's tongue, and that makes me want to die
1: else brings up snakes again. Yeah.
0: She's got an agenda. Yeah. <laughs> it was made of snake. <laughs> Yuck. Uh usually he kept his beard rolled up and neatly tucked into his pocket. Why bother? Just don't have it that long. Don't if you need have to it. tuck it into your pocket and you're not going to have it on show for everyone to see, Mm-mm. cut it. Cut it, mate. When are you what are you doing with it? Like it's a lot of maintenance, I imagine. Mm. I've had very long hair in the past and that was Maintenance, yeah. so... And it wasn't four and a half foot long, let me tell you that. No. Um, and That's if you put it in your pocket... Anyway, it was his choice and this was a long time ago, so <laughs> what can we do? In 1567, on September the 28th, a fire broke out in the town. Christ. Panic ensued and Hans, being the mayor, as I mentioned... The bearded mayor. The bearded mayor was at the centre of the action... So whilst he was attempting to calm the chaotic crowds, his incredible beard became untucked from the pocket. Oh, Christ. Nightmare. In a bit to save time, hands, he just pushed his beard out of the way. He didn't put it back in his pocket. He didn't have time for that because it's you've got to roll it up. you probably got to make sure it's centre. Tuck it in. Yeah. It's like if you're rolling up sheets. Exactly. Sheets are
1: a nightmare to fold yeah. appropriately. Oh. They just turn into a ball.
0: Hate bedding. Hate yeah. It. I mean I love it. I love going, I love having yeah, love bedding bed. on my bed, but, but making the bed is is a is a chore.
1: <laughs> That's what they call the it yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: True. He so Hans got he got caught up in this panic at the top of the stairs. People are going here there and everywhere they're trying to escape the flames. They don't want to die in a fire. Hans finds himself at the top of a flight of stairs. Sadly, he tripped over his very, very long beard. He slipped and he tumbled down the flight of the stairs and he broke his neck in the process. Fucking hell. So the fall was fatal. I imagine, even if it wasn't immediately in 1567, there's not a lot of saving you. No.
1: I mean, I don't think there is anyway.
0: Is that? I don't really know. Because you, the... you can break...
1: Well, I mean... <laughs> We're not doctors. I don't know if that's clear. You're not. No, no, no. No. Never have been, never will be. Oh,
0: okay. Fine.
1: <laughs> I can still look at your rash though. Um.
0: <laughs> For you.
1: But you can break your back, can't you, and live, and that's fine, but you and that can be fixed, but you can also paralyze yourself. But if you break yeah. your neck, it severs a part of your
0: I actually have quite a good near miss that I might do one day that I read as a guardian long experience. Read that was about someone breaking their neck. And it's one of those Spoiler stories that really that. led me. Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> you don't know when I'm going to do it, so... Um, I anyway. think it's bad
1: to break your neck. It's not... It's not a great day. It's not a
0: great day. And sadly, for, ha- for Hans, it was his last day. Because that was what killed him. Mm. So, after the fatal fall... The townspeople of Browner Am Inn erected a statue of Hans, um, which is displayed outside St. Stephen's Church. They also went one step further. They didn't want that glorious beard to go to waste. So they cut it off before he was buried and used chemicals to preserve it and kept it in a glass display cabinet. And that is displayed in a museum in the town. Why? Why
1: are they doing that? It killed him.
0: It killed him, but it's a fucking huge beard. You don't see them very often, do you? Well, no, because most people have more sense than that. Yeah, true. Yeah, I suppose it's a talking point. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, who knew in 2018
1: it would be the source of an award-winning podcast (laughs) story?
0: Exactly. It's attracted scores of visitors over the past 450 would you go Would yes. you go and look at it? I wouldn't specifically go. I wouldn't be like, oh, I must go to this town in Austria because I want to see this huge, huge beard. But if I happened to find myself in there, I'd probably be like, I'll go and have a look I'll at that, that beard. Look. Oh, yeah,
1: I've got nothing else to do. Okay. Yeah.
0: To be honest... You don't necessarily need to go because there is a picture of it on the internet and I can put it up on Instagram.
1: But that's kind of saying, like, I don't need to go to the Louvre to see the Mona Lisa because I can see a picture of it.
0: Yeah, no, I... I've, yeah, no, I, I... Don't go
1: to the Louvre and see the Mona Lisa because it's tiny and it's a it's waste of time. And you
0: have to wait behind a lot of people. Mm. I remember being at uni once. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, good on it, yeah. guys.
0: <laughs> cool, guys. Um... Good story once when i was at uni a girl that i lived with in the first year like in halls she sort of basically said what was the point in really going anywhere because you can just look at it all on the internet and i was like that's
1: taking it too far yeah
0: it's different i think it's different
1: depends what you get out of life True. because maybe she's just like sitting in her bedroom looking at the internet fine Mm -hmm. no judgment but Mm -hmm. like there's some things culture predominantly that i just don't care about so i just I'm not going to waste my time doing it. Like, I don't need to go to a natural history museum in another country when I've been to the one in London 17 times. The <laughs> one in New York, I'm see. sure, is great, but it's just bones and animals. <laughs> I've yeah, seen it. Yeah. I've seen it.
0: You've seen a bone before.
1: Yeah, and we had Dippy the dinosaur. I mean, are you going to beat that? No. Try and beat that in New York. Exactly. Can you? So, probably can't. Maybe. But
0: anyway, All right. to
1: each their own. I'm yeah.
0: Saying. I think she meant more like... Beautiful sights and scenery. Like oh, right. N- she was wrong. She was natural. absolutely wrong. Yeah. Like, why go to the rainforest when you can just look at a picture of a rainforest?
1: No, I mean, that's very flawed logic. Yeah. Weird. Mm. Um, I've not read that story before, but I've heard about that story before. Have you? Yeah.
0: Ah, oh, I I hadn't until I found it today. Mm. Yeah, uh, the other day.
1: I've not seen it. <laughs> that's fine, babes. <laughs> uh, i would never seen a picture of it, though, so I'm looking forward to your... Instagram update.
0: Oh yeah, I can get the picture of the statue. Also, there was a p- <laughs> on one of the articles that I was reading, there was a picture of a man sat in, like definitely a photograph, sat in a chair with a big long beard, and I was like, this was 1567, like unless there's something going on in Austria that nobody knew about, we weren't taking pictures then.
1: When were we taking pictures?
0: Not till like surely the 1800s, I don't think there's any future. Was it a picture, not a painting? It looked like a picture, it looked like a sepia picture. Mm. I'm not going to put that on Instagram because I can't vouch for its authenticity yeah, authenticity. yeah, yeah, But I will put the statue that they put outside the church and the beard itself.
1: Maybe we could do, like, um, a podcast meet-up outside the beard. <laughs> See you there. <laughs> Meet call, you there. Call back One to o'clock. episode 13. <laughs> See you there. Very nice. What a horrible way to go.
0: Yeah, not great, yeah. I don't know how old he was, but it must have taken him a few years to grow that fantastic beard, so... Just yeah, be careful. he must
1: have been decently old, like at least in his fifties. Mm. Would you say?
0: Probably, although fifteen hundreds people didn't live that long, did they? If he started growing it at like eighteen, is it? I suppose it is clean. It's like hair; hey, you just wash it, wouldn't you? But I guess so. And also, no one was clean in the fifteen hundreds. Well, no, you couldn't have regular baths, no. could you? So, just word of warning: if you're growing a beard, fine, just don't trip over it. It's good Please. sage advice. I think so. I'll stand by it. Okay. Hit me with your... Hit me with your best shot.
1: I'll just give you a bit of context. Mm. Friend of the podcast, Katie Nelson. She's my pal in real life.
0: Hello, Katie.
1: She's a good pal. She listens. She's quite a big fan. Oh. She's the one that doesn't like bummers on a Monday morning.
0: Oh, sorry, Katie.
1: Sorry, Katie. But she mentioned this to me last week. Ah. Uh. And I'm doing it. So thanks, Katie. Ironically, I don't know if that's the right word to use. It's a fucking bummer. Like, it's not a fun story in the slightest. Yeah. But it's an interesting story and it's an unusual story. Okay. Well, it's not what you think of what happens here. Okay. So thanks for the recommendation, Katie. So I'm going to tell you the story... Of the Bethnal Green tube disaster.
0: Oh, okay. Do you know a, what this is? A little bit, because I used to live in Whitechapel, so ah. occasionally would go to. But used to go to Bethnal Green quite a lot, and there's the plaque there.
1: Well, there's the staircase like thing.
0: Is there a staircase thing? Yeah, sure you're probably going go to go into. probably gonna tell me about it, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the concept of the podcast. In atonement, there's like a character dies in a tube disaster like a station disaster but I don't know I don't think that was Bethnal green because there's just there's a few aren't there different mm. um, so yes I know it happened no I don't know the details I'll stop rambling you talk to me about it okay
1: I'll tell you right about it well well I didn't know anything about it basically like born and bred in London mm. you know know a lot of history about London in theory <laughs> uh, but didn- never heard about this so I found it really really interesting during the war oh yes <laughs> uh, we went there but it happened Tube stations and obviously underground stations were used as air raid shelters. Yeah. And this disaster happened in 1943. Right. But just to take you back into a little bit more of history so, construction of the Central Line's eastern extension into um, the east started in the 1930s mm-hmm. and the tunnels were largely complete at the outbreak of the Second World War, which was 1939. Yeah. History. But the rails weren't laid. The facilities at Bethnal Green were requisitioned in 1940 at the onset of the first blitz and um, administration was assigned to the local authority so at the time that was the metropolitan borough of Bethnal Green Mm -hmm. under the supervision of the regional commissioners which was the generic name for London civil defence. Heavy air raids began in October of 1940 and thousands of people took shelter in that area As they did all around London, basically, because it was one of the safest places to be at the time. And they were often there for hours and hours and often overnight. A couple of years into the war, so around 1941, usage of the shelter dwindled because the air forces of Germany and Italy were redirected away from the United Kingdom and against the Soviet Union. So there was a lot less bombing, a lot less air raids and a lot less reason to go into the underground station. A relative lull occurred, although the number of people requiring shelter rose again when retaliatory bombing in response to the Royal Air Force raids was expected. So, on the night of March 3rd, 1943, I say, okay, there's a bit of conflicting information about this as well. So, there's some places that say that it was um, a new anti-aircraft battery gun performed an unannounced test, right? Um, or it was just the general air raid of the civil defence siren, basically an air raid siren went off on that night. Okay. The war hardy, so people who were already, you know, used to doing this, Yeah. fled to their nearest air raid shelter, which obviously was Bethnal Green Tube. But because of the lull in air raid happening in general, Yeah. and because it was unfinished, it was obviously the extension got stopped because of the war outbreak and then obviously things weren't finished anyway. The station entrance had been deemed unsafe by the local council, which had asked central government three times for it to be ordered to make safer for the large crowds, but it had been refused permission. So as people made their way down the steps, um, it has been noted that the steps were wet from the rain oh God. because it had been raining. There was no handrail oh. because it hadn't been finished. And there was no white paint on the top of the stairs to mark where the steps were. Right. So sounds really basic now and it's the things that we've spoken about previously of like increase in health and safety and yeah. increase in process after something bad has happened. So these are all things that you would take for granted now, mm-hmm. but at the time, you know, obviously caused a disaster. So um, as everybody was clambering down the stairs, a middle-aged woman and her, her child fell over mm-hmm. three steps up from the base so she was very near the bottom. Other people had already got down there. Right. And she fell. She obviously couldn't... It was slippery, so she might have slipped. Yeah. She couldn't hold onto the handrail to steady herself if she then did slip. Yeah. And she couldn't necessarily see where the bottom was. So it was kind of a, a you know, a three-pronged reason. Yeah. She caused other people to fall around her. Yeah. And then they ta- everyone tangled into a <sighs> oh, mass, God. which grew, as they struggled, to nearly 300 <gasps> people. Oh,
0: like saw. So, so, like... A on top a of the mass pile,
1: other. mass pile of people in oh. the dark, in the rain. Really, really horrible. Yeah,
0: that's terrifying.
1: Um, some lucky people did manage to get three, but 173 of them, mm. most of them women and children, because a lot of men were obviously at war yeah. or part of the local service areas, um, were crushed and asphyxiated oh in the pile God. up. Some 60 others were taken to hospital. But some people died after the fact that the the kind of injuries were quite severe. Yeah, It happened very quickly and people knew very quickly that it was quite a fatal incident. Mm. But news of the disaster was withheld for 36 hours and reporting of what had happened was censored, which made people think that it was a cover up, that people were kind of being malicious in not telling people what really happened, right. but it did align with what the kind of current wartime restrictions were anyway. But among the reports which never ran was one filed by Eric Linden of the Daily Mail, yeah, um, who actually was there and witnessed the disaster. Mm. The story which was reported instead was that there had been a direct hit by a German bomb. Okay. So they they wanted people to think it wasn't their fault. They right. wanted people to think that it wasn't an error. Yeah. Yeah. They reported that people died, but they weren't very obvious about what had actually happened. And unfortunately, the results of the official investigation were not released until 1946.
0: Is that three years later? Yeah. Christ.
1: At the end of the war, the Minister of Home Secretary Herbert Morrison quoted from a secret report to the effect that there had been a panic caused by the discharge of anti-aircraft rockets fired from nearby Victoria Park. But other authorities who looked into what had happened disagreed um, and they said there was nothing to suggest any stampede or panic or anything of the kind. Mr Justice Singleton, who was summarising his decision in Baker v Bethnal Green, because obviously people sued and wanted to have justice for the victims. Yeah. They sued for damages, said there was nothing in a way of rushing or surging on the staircase. It was perfectly well known there that, that, that there was no panic. Right. So... Obviously, it was just an unfortunate incident, but an unfortunate incident that potentially could have been avoided if there'd been proper maintenance and actual things in place to ensure people weren't going to fall, especially when it was an open area and wet weather could make it be a problem so there were quite a few lawsuits that happened after this because obviously once the real information came out people were quite angry yeah um so the lawsuit that i just mentioned was followed by other claims resulting in a total payout of nearly sixty thousand pounds the last of which was made in the early 1950s so i guess that, that that's a shit ton in today's money yeah no. the kind of information that came out after the fact well, that there, there were quite a lot of earlier suggestions that things needed to be improved before this happened, and a lot of people did think of it as negligence. Bethnal Green Council had warned London Civil Defence that the staircase needed a crush barrier to slow down the crowds, but they were told it would be a waste of money. And obviously, I'm not obviously excusing that, but obviously there was a war on, there were lots of things going on at the time. Yeah. But for people to understand that air raid shelters were of utmost importance for the safety and the livelihood of people you would think there would be some foresight to be able to do that. Yeah. So the crush at Bethnal Green is thought to have been the largest single loss of civilian life in the UK in the Second World War. Wow. And the largest loss of life in a single incident on the London Underground Network. Right. Um... And then in comparison, because obviously you think, well, that's, that's crazy, bombs. Um, the largest number killed by a single wartime bomb was 107. And that was at Wilkinson's Lemonade Factory in North Shields. And that was also in 1941. Wow. There were quite a lot of British civilians killed in single bombing raids. There was a lot yeah. of death around that time yeah, anyway. Yeah, Really recently, actually. So in 2017, they unveiled a memorial marking this incident. Which is the deadliest civilian incident in Britain during the Second World War. Right. In December of last year, so 2017, um, they erected a full-size replica of the tube staircase, which is made from teak wood and carved into the side of each step are the names commemorating the 173 people who lost their lives. Oh,
0: wow. At Bethnal Green Station?
1: Yeah. So it's, I think it's like, it's out in the open, it's not underground or anything, it's like right. out in the open, you should be able to see it. So, because it's quite, it's, there's four entrances, isn't there? So it must yeah. be one nearer the park,
0: I guess? Yeah, possibly.
1: But yeah, so the unveiling of the Marble Antique Memorial was the result of 10 years of fundraising by the Stairway to Heaven Memorial Trust, and wow. the actual end result cost £600,000, of which they raised themselves. Um but they, they want to see an official government apology to the people of Bethnal Green who were wrongly blamed in 1943 for the panic. So it's often been compared to Hillsborough yeah, and what, what happened with the reporting after that Yeah, uh, about how people kind of just, so the people that, the officials or the kind of people in charge panicked and didn't want to cause mass hysteria yeah. and blamed other people. I mean... The Hillsborough Brain situation was very, very bad. Yeah. But this was obviously... People were rushing. It was their fault. They, you know, whatever. Um, but of course
0: people are rushing. Like, they hear an air raid siren. They think they're going to get bombed. Yeah, like, of course you're rushing. Like, you should be aware of that. You should know that. And you should put things in place to slow that down. Absolutely. Like, no one's strolling to an air raid shelter to they think they're about to get a bomb dropped no. on them. And also, like,
1: obviously it's not an excuse, but the war had already been going on for a couple of years. Mm. You kind of already have examples of how people behave, what's needed. That night was not unlike any other night. It rained before, et cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, that woman slipped, but she was also trying to hold her child and, you know, get to safety. Human error doesn't account for that kind of mass disaster. No. Even though, kind of, it was shared a couple of years afterwards that this um, wasn't a bomb and it was kind of a human error, the actual... Reasons and the w- previous warnings about the inadequate safety had that had gone unheeded were hidden from the public until 34 years after the people died, so they really did try to cover it up. So the people are still campaigning now for an official government apology. Right. Sadiq Khan was mm. there when the unveiling happened yeah. and put down some flowers and things like that. But I think they it needs like it's a need to be documented type thing that they yeah. want the apology like Hillsborough got yeah recently yeah. But yeah, it's just really, really sad when you think about air raid shelters and people, you know, surviving the war during air raids or casualties during the war. You think of bombs. You think of in action war. Yeah. You don't think because, because they were desperate to get out of the streets and
0: into the shelter and
1: then got crushed by everyone else trying to get away too. Yeah,
0: it's terrifying.
1: Really, really horrible.
0: Yeah, because there must have just been floods of people going in right like, yeah
1: well thousands of people because Bethnal green's quite a built-up area they yeah. all the houses that i've walked around or whatever like they're all quite old there's yeah, not yeah. a lot of new builds no. there a lot of people and a lot of families so like little kids running around and stuff
0: yeah
1: it's just yeah it's horrific and again like it's a kind of a recurring theme that we have is that things happen and then things are put in place to make that not happen again yeah but it's just kind of mind-blowing that none of these warnings were heeded but then if you look at what happened at grenfell mm. when there were there was 10 years of people saying this is a problem yeah the smoke alarm stuff is a problem etc etc and then they wait for a disaster to happen before they think oh actually we should do something about that
0: yeah actually that was the problem yeah it's foresight rather than reacting to something after it's already happened you're not going to bring back people that have lost Their lives to that because you decided it wasn't the most important thing, yeah, or you, you wanted to put money
1: elsewhere, or money was better spent elsewhere, mm. yeah. So, sorry, that's a pretty big bummer. Um, really interesting. And because I'd never heard it before, I d- generally didn't know it, so
0: I knew something happened at Bethnal Green, but I'd never really looked beyond that. And I know that I think maybe there have been obviously in recent times, but during the war, uh, stations that got bombed mm. um, but yeah I didn't know that that was that's kind of what I think I maybe just made an assumption that that must have been what happened at Bethnal Green but wasn't so that's really interesting to know that that happened and, Yeah, and yeah like very sad and I didn't even see the news about that being the kind of the unveiling yeah the no, unveiling me neither
1: yeah I might, I might go and see that actually because I think it'd be really humbling to mm. see I'll come with you trip yeah. to Bethnal Green, trip, trip to Bethnal Green. Mm. But, yeah, thanks, Katie, for the recommendation.
0: Mm. Thanks, Katie. That was a good story. And hopefully Sarah's retelling it hasn't bummed you out too much on Monday morning. Well,
1: <laughs> Maybe she listens to it after the fact now because mm. she doesn't want to get too bummed out on a morning commute.
0: Yeah, save it for Friday night. That's when you want to be listening <laughs> to all these bummer stories. What, when you're boozed? <laughs> yeah. Have a little cry in the corner. Lovely. Fair. Wouldn't have it any other way. So now...
1: We're going to talk to our special guest. Yes. To give you a bit of context before we introduce them, you know that I'm a big fan of Reddit. I'm on the podcast Reddit quite a lot. I put out a little post just saying, has anyone got any weird stories? Got quite a lot of interesting stories back, but this one really stood out, and we're bringing you it live today. So. Yeah, for the first time ever, our first special guest ever, here's Henry. Hi, Henry.
2: Hello.
0: Thanks for
1: coming. Yeah, thanks for coming, Uh, Henry. Oh, you know what, it's an absolute pleasure. You know the concept of the podcast. (coughs) Mm -hmm. We just like hearing weird stories. Uh, Tell us about your story.
2: I would love to. (laughs) Uh, So, first off, thanks so much for inviting me along. You're welcome. Uh, So, it all begins when I was 15 years old. Uh, we went on holiday to. Ooh, yeah. Just
1: to be very clear, it's a near miss because it's yeah. not a ghost talking to us right now. He's a <laughs> yeah, real person. No, he's there. I he's really alive. here. Yeah, we were
0: all a bit concerned before we met each other that. We, we were all serial, serial killers. killers.
2: I, it did cross my mind, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> but
0: so far, no one's killed anyone. No, we've been to Pret and back again, so yeah, we're I, alive so far. I feel far.
1: safe. Yeah. yeah. I feel very safe. I think we're fine. Sorry, That's carry sorry, on, Henry. Okay. I just wanted to make that clear. Okay. It's, a, it's a near miss, everyone. Calm down. It was. <laughs> so
2: we went family holiday to Jordan uh, to go diving. I'm quite a good diver, so we went out to do some diving. So uh, we went out in the morning, and what you do when you are training to dive is you do two dives in a day. Like sometimes they're night dives, sometimes they're afternoon dives, sometimes the morning dives. Um, so we go out, and you're taken out in this uh, little yacht thing, and you do the rolling backwards. And it was a especially kind of deeper dive, like forty meters is generally if you're just learning how to dive, that's how deep, and that's pretty deep, you know. So we knew that we we're going to do a forty meter dive in the morning. Come back, sit on the boat for a bit, go back out, like, have a beer if you want. That's not, you know, totally allowed, but...
1: Relax sort of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. So so we did that, and we were doing, um, they, they have these awesome little sheets with fish, and you go down, and you have to be like, I saw that fish, I saw that <laughs> fish. That, that honestly contributes to you getting your certificate.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. I suppose it's, yeah, your awareness whilst you're doing it. Like, yeah. you've got to be able to do the breathing... Presumably, as well as be aware of what's around you Absolutely. and look after your buddy. So I suppose you have to be quite competent, don't yeah. you? Yeah. So do
2: you, it. Um, I mean, you mentioned the buddy, and that's where you, you go on backwards, and, uh, and you've always got to have a buddy with you. Like that is just critical because on a diving suit, you have like your your respirator, but you've also got a spare one, oh, so yeah. that if your buddy gets into trouble, you can put that respirator in their mouth. And like this like a diving suit. It's called a CBD, and it's. Uh, it's inflated in such a way that you can let out the gas. So if you need to ascend slowly or quickly, mm. you can do that. Okay. You know, so like when you're in a buddy, you've essentially got everything you need to stay as safe as you need to be.
1: Okay. And they kind
2: of and they really, really hammer that. And it was it was a beautiful dive. Like it was in um it was in the Red Sea. I went to the Red Sea before the uh, coral reefs got kind of battered. Oh cool. And like the difference between a coral reef that's been allowed to live and a coral reef that hasn't it's just i mean like i was down there and there were like those big shimmering shoals of fish you know where you kind of flicked your hand and they flickered with okay. you and like lionfish just and all the colors like the angel fish are like bright blue and bright yellow like. and as a kid who's 15 like it just blew my mind oh, yeah amazing like absolutely incredible so um really really enjoyed the dives and you know and then you come back coalesce for a bit and then and then you do the same thing exactly again and and that had been what we've been doing for a week so there was no reason to think that anything would have come out of it it was just standard Mm. you know i don't know if you know anything about decompression sickness no nothing never been diving in my life so the idea is like lots of people get it wrong about the bends okay so when you go dive in nitrogen bubbles in your blood expand right and then when you come up you've got to come up slowly and decompress so that they go down and they just assume their normal size and go around your body right so you've got to like leave space between dives essentially so for whatever reason we don't know it's an anomaly (laughs) just my luck um for some reason the nitrogen bubbles didn't go down in my blood oh god so i was waiting in the hotel room having a fag just and i saw this rash on my hand and i was just like that's a bit odd. Okay, I'm just going to have a look. I'll, I'll just have a look at the, the Ben's book and see what I should be looking out for. <laughs> but without Google, it's just uh, it's like, so, oh, a rash. Right, well, okay, I've got a rash. I've definitely got that. Am I feeling sick? And you know when, like, you, you read something about symptoms and yeah. you begin to kind of feel them and you can't really... Distinguish yeah, between what's yeah. real and
1: what's not, yeah.
2: Totally. So I just went to my brother and I said... Uh, dude, like, I'm not feeling uh, that great. And he was like, you don't look okay. Uh. And my mum and dad and my oldest brother had gone to the Valley of Kings. So we just have a, just a, a day off, like me and my bro, Simon, who is an absolute legend, <laughs> literally saved my life. And you'll find out why. Like he was under <laughs> pressure. Oh, gosh. So we, we kind of went downstairs and no one really spoke English. So my brother was like, Henry's not okay. Like, we need to get him to a hospital. And this guy was like, I don't understand that. It came out and he saw me. I tried to stand up. I fell over. Oh, my God. So I couldn't walk. And like when, you, and when all the, the symptoms start going in, it just feels like your body is just going... Being, sorry, I'm making movements with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, it's just being squashed. Okay. So like you're in a vice type. Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> so, like, mad pins and needles as well. So, like, I'm making this claw and you try and give resistance to closing your hand, that's what it's like. Oh, wow. So many pins and needles, you can't feel anything. You're just like, ah, this isn't okay. Oh, my
0: God.
2: I kind of remember, like, they picked me up, and my legs just went, and I was just coughing all over the place. I vaguely remember being in a taxi. And what you've got to do when someone has the bends is just give them oxygen. Like, that's the first thing. So we got to this Jordanian hospital, Badlands Hospital. (laughs) There were soldiers everywhere, right? wow. I'm a young-looking guy, at least I think so. When I was 15, I looked like I was 12. Right? Oh, wow. And my brother's, you know, not much older than me. He looked the same. We were wearing, like, Bermuda shorts. But they thought I was a Marine. Okay. So I was lay on this hospital bed. They gave me oxygen. And this kind of side note, oxygen makes you hallucinate. Okay. Oh,
1: that's why they give it to you in planes, right? Yeah. So that you, like, you really calm down it makes you a bit like hallucinogenic so okay. you're not focusing on... Well, as in when you're going down in a plane, not when you're just having a <laughs> lovely plane journey. <laughs> well, would like you, you like some crashing? oxygen? Crashing, yeah. You breathe in oxygen so and then... it makes you like more... Like just more okay. You're more okay yeah. with the situation. You don't panic. You don't like flail out and stuff. If you're literally about to die. Yeah, if you're like falling from the sky. Okay.
2: It, it would work. It makes you feel rather elevated. Yeah. So I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine now, Simon, I'm fine. And there's a soldier behind me with a gun inches. He wasn't pointed at me, but he was there. Stationed. And, like, and then I spoke to my dad, and I was like, how did this go down? He says, no, 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 Henry, That there wasn't one soldier. There were hundreds of them. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. So somehow my brother managed to say, no, like, Henry needs a decompression chamber, because that's what they do. They put you in a decompression chamber, and everyone's seen them in the movies. They're those things that take you down to a deep pressure and then release and everyone explodes inside them. Like It's really nice. That's how they exist in popular culture. So.
1: <laughs> Not the actual way that people <laughs> use them. <laughs> no. That make be, people explode. Yeah,
2: We're just, just going to send you here and make you explode. You'll be fine. But the one in Jordan wasn't working.
1: Was there only one in Jordan then? Is that kind yeah. of like what the... Or in that kind of area. area.
2: Yeah. It was for divers who worked on oil rigs. Ah, okay. But yeah, it, was, it was out of commission. So uh, they're like, shit, what do we do? Like... Somehow, like, my mum and dad were there, they raced back. Mom and My mum and dad are, like, just badasses, <laughs> like, completely. They were like, my son needs this. You're going to make that fucking happen. <laughs> anyway, the big problem was, was that the only decompression chamber that was available was in Israel, right? Israel and Jordan, at that time, closed the border. No one was going through. No one was crossing <laughs> over. No one was coming back. Loggerheads.
1: That's a bit of a problem. That's a that's a quite big problem.
2: Mm. Not to my parents.
1: <laughs> They're just barging through <laughs> just,
0: the soldiers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> a mother's love, <laughs> but um, I I don't know how this happened, but the call went out to like the upper echelons of the Jordanian government, and like they've been at loggerheads.
1: Dave, we've got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Can you sort this out, please. <laughs> yeah. Come
2: on. These two guys, right? They need to come over, <laughs> um, and something happened. So they decided, in that moment, to bury the hatchet and be like, "It's like this proper." You know, you were talking about nine 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 emergency. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to do a nine 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 with us, but the insurance company wouldn't allow it. Oh
1: wow!
2: We got escorted like soldiers were with me constantly. Like they was, they still thought I was marine, but just like imagine this tiny little boy with Bermuda shorts on, like (laughs) shivering, yeah, like nearly
1: dying. And
2: they thought I was a spy. And it's like, what do you think? Of the British Spy Service. (laughs) Committed
1: to the long con.
2: So it, it happened and I got taken in the ambulance. We were there for like maybe an hour. But because I wasn't having oxygen then, I was deteriorating, like, oh God. quickly, quickly. And they and they searched me, right? And this, I smoked. My mom didn't know I smoked. And the worst thing was that while they searched me, my fags fell out. Oh,
1: my God.
2: And I was just like, oh, my God, that's the worst thing ever. <laughs> mom. I'm so sorry. And she was just like...
1: We've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, head, yeah, totally.
2: And she was like, you tool. We crossed over the border and it was, and you know, still having a police uh, soldier escort, Got me to the decompression chamber, like, and I was a mess. I like, couldn't walk, couldn't speak, just coughing up whatever was in my chest. Like, oh God. I know what it's like to feel like you're dying.
1: Yeah, well, you nearly did. Yeah. So.
2: Like, <laughs> in the worst possible way. So, they get me in the decompression chamber, and what they do is that they take you right down to the depth that you go when you dive in, and then they slowly increase the pressure up. So, the nitrogen bubbles get a chance to go. Pfft.
0: Right,
2: and that's what I did. I was in there for seventeen hours.
0: Oh my god, that's nuts! It's Jesus, crazy, isn't it? Did you come out at all? No. Just what what you in, in there? there.
2: I don't know, man. I was. I had a lot of oxygen, so
1: I was you were preoccupied. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in that respect. Did Are you, you like laying down? Is yeah. It like laying is it like, da- I
0: imagine it like a cat's like you know, like a CT scan. You know, when you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just on a stretcher. Yeah. Just on a stretcher. Yeah,
2: in this kind of big steel. It's like a dome, I guess. It's it's round and oh, it's got okay. like a, a dome top, and there's just like these little portholes. Oh
0: my god! So people
2: could just peek in. To yeah. To. <laughs>
0: could you like read a book in there?
2: If I wasn't so ill, I oh, would have so been you were able just to. Just so
0: ill that you didn't really, you had no real sense of what was happening around you. Anyway.
2: Not entirely. I mean, uh, I remember okay. it being a long time. Yeah. And being really, really bored. But yeah, so I was I was there for 17 hours and this woman sort of barking at me and I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. That's actually the only thing I remember, really, apart from hallucinating a lot. And it was like orange fish. I was seeing a lot of orange fish. Oh, right. Which was nice. Yeah. You know, nothing wrong with orange fish. No. And uh, I don't even remember like going to the toilet or anything.
1: Maybe you didn't. Yeah. Maybe you didn't need to. If you weren't taking in fluids, you wouldn't need to get rid of fluids and maybe yeah. you just... So what happened after? Like, Did you, like you, got, you came out of the decompression chamber and then did you feel better?
2: Yeah, so when, oh, actually when I was in there, the doctor was like, just said to my mum, like, I'm gonna level with you. Like, this is this is type two decompression sickness. Your son is gonna die, or he's gonna be paralyzed. Oh my god! There's there's a twenty percent chance that that won't happen. Here's our chart of what's happened to everyone with type two decompression oh. sickness. As you can see, they've all died.
0: Oh, oh my goodness. god! just keep like a record of
2: that. <laughs> yeah, I guess they just Show gallows gallows humor.
0: How many types are there? Is it type one and type two?
2: As far as I'm aware. Okay. There's there's two types. I think. Type 1 is like game over, you know, there's, there's no coming back oh, from Oh, so type
0: that. 1 is more severe than type 2? I think so. Right, I okay. think so. There
2: may well be people who listen and are like, actually, no, that's not true. But it's, this is from uh, memory. Memory,
1: so. yeah. yeah. And then so you came out of there better and then you were allowed to go back to Jordan.
2: Yeah. Did you I, have
1: much of a holiday after that? <laughs> did you have anything? No, yeah. didn't
2: because my my brother got it as well
1: what? oh my
0: god how did yeah that happened i mean well, I know well you've explained how it happens
2: <laughs> <but>. <laughs> well his was his was like if, if mine was rare his was like ultra rare and Shit. it was and he had to go over the board like 10 times he had to go there decompress for eight hours come back go back decompress for eight hours come back like he we had to like me and my dad flew home uh my brother and my mum stayed there and just like did this to and fro to and fro wow
0: was that from the same dive or Mm. did they but it
1: just affected you differently
2: yeah there's there's loads of reasons why like um if you drink alcohol that delays the process and there's something that happens when you Mm -hmm. go below like when the nitrogen bubbles are proper in your blood you get this thing called nitrogen narcosis right which gives you this kind of happy-go-lucky i can do anything Mm -hmm. kind of like uh, alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> kind of cavalier attitude. Yeah. So like, I did go a little deeper because I thought I could. Right. So that could have contributed. And he was my buddy. So you've got to, like, buddy up when you're under the water. So that could have contributed because we went a little deeper. Something right. happened. But other than that, we, we just, you don't, we just know. don't know. It was just, yeah, it was, it was terrifying.
1: Oh, my God. Have you gone diving since? Mm, I, was gonna ask that. I have. Okay, how quickly after that?
2: There was a while. Okay, <laughs> <It was> yeah. A <laughs> couple of years? Yeah, it was like, my brother was like, no, I've I've had this experience. I don't want to go back. I, I did it right. in, like, the Dominican Republic or something, just because I, I love fish and I love being underwater. Just... Yeah.
0: yeah. I suppose you have to, it's like, I mean, it's not the same as falling off a horse, but you have to kind of face that. Face your fear, you yeah. To do it. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. I just, uh, just really wanted to do it. Um,
0: do you regularly go diving now, then? Is it something that you...
2: I... I don't, but I would love to go. Right. You know, I absolutely fucking love diving.
1: Would you, like, like, do you think that that would never happen to you again because you know what you did wrong? Or do you think there was a little bit of you were unlucky and also...
2: I think I was just really unlucky.
1: Okay. So, I think, yeah, would you think you, you you don't worry that it would happen to you again? You just think it was a bad set of circumstances?
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I just think I was just incredibly... Although, like, throughout my life, things just do happen that i'm like what why how
1: final destination style
2: yeah kind of just yeah oh my god that movie's terrifying yeah (laughs) showers ah but um yeah but that's that's like i i do seem to attract these these random things of like you should have died but (laughs) i didn't but i I, I don't think it will happen again with diving at least i hope not
1: no
0: after you decompressed were Mm. you just fine or are you still ill for a bit
2: you're ill you've got to go into hospital Oh, uh, okay. Like, you've got to go and they've got to monitor you, like, because there's all, like, I've got lasting nerve damage from it, like, can you, oh. s- you see the tremor in my hands? Oh, wow. Like, that's from that. Really? And, like, I've got a every time I swallow, I get a clicking in my ears, which, you know, oh, I got wow. off got off pretty easily, really. Well, yeah,
1: you're not paralysed, so no. that's quite a big plus. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing.
2: And, like, a spooky thing happened, like, I got up after my first, like, I didn't know anything that happened with Simon, my my brother, who I love. And was awesome and definitely saved my life. I got up in the hospital and I just started crying, just begging for Simon. Aww. No idea. So I think there was like this this and I was just <laughs> I was just in this hospital gown in this uh Israeli hospital just with my kafta dragging behind me. Simon, <laughs> Simon, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> crying, but it was it was really sweet, but I just wondered, you know, maybe if there was just something between brothers,
1: you know. Yeah, but, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Presumably when you came back to England and we went back to school and stuff, do <laughs> you like, guys? guess what happened to me in Jordan? Was it yeah. like you were dining out on that story for a very long time? Do you
2: know what? People didn't believe me. Really? Yeah, because, like, I was terrified to get the plane.
1: Oh, of course, Because of the yeah. pressure. Luckily,
2: oh, yeah. I was fine. But, like, they um, like they wanted to do this uh, 999 thing. Uh, my mum and dad had gone through this horrific insurance. Like, the, uh, the, the insurance refused to pay for the hospital bills because they didn't recognise it as anything. And oh, my God. My dad was like, literally, if you don't pay this, then I'm going to tell everyone that you're a bastard. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, so yeah like we went back so 999 thing didn't happen but we did get shuttled like immediately to like what, what are those like uh, evening news shows that you have
0: like at the one show or something.
2: yeah I guess like back in 1997 that version of the one show okay and, like, and I, I used to have like crippling social anxiety so when I was told like, I was gonna, You're gonna be on, TV. on live TV I was just like what okay <laughs> and uh, but I, I did it but uh, yeah but Everyone was just like that didn't happen. I've Googled it. And there's 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 nothing there. Um, I was like, no, it
1: did. It did. It, happen. Did, it I, did happen. I, Ask my mum. Yeah, like
2: as I was I told you guys, you know, it's kind of a, a thing of authenticity that I have uh, a letter from the King of Jordan. Say, you know, I'm so sorry this happened in my country. <laughs> Please do come back. But it's buried in a uh, loads of loads of stuff everywhere, so I
1: couldn't bring it. But fair enough. Yeah. We believe you. But it anymore. happened. <laughs> it happened. We believe you. Thank
0: you. It's a pretty thorough story. Definitely. It checks out. It checks out.
1: <laughs> we're we're keen divers. We know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you went down 40 meters, in theory, like how long do you have to come up for?
2: Probably about two hours. Okay. I th- that is not something I've thought about for a long time. Oh, okay. So maybe two to four hours. Oh, okay. I think.
1: Yeah, it kind of blows my mind how long it takes to come yeah, up no, or stuff it's like crazy. that. The story that we had on the progr- program. <clears throat> we're on a chat show (laughs) on the podcast that daily did the other day about um the diver and it took him 10 hours to come up from like a
0: 500 meters something like Um, that yeah and it's like
1: she was like oh yeah he came up for 10 hours and you're like 10 hours that's unbelievable amount of time like you don't really think about that you just think go for a lovely dive come back get dry but no actually it's a very long Long thing to do
2: yeah absolutely it's like you just can't can't mess with it. Like no. A lot of people go into it like, oh, yeah, just do a dive. It's like if you go diving, do it with a reputable company.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. charlatans,
2: well, they, they don't care. No. Like, like people dive and then the boat drives off, do you know what I mean? Well, like, that
1: did happen, didn't it? That couple, they made a film about it that they think they got eaten by sharks, but there's no, like, they can't prove that. Yeah. But they went out, I think it was in Thailand, they mm. went out and they dove and then the boat moved, like, too far out of the shore, the eyeline and they just were missing they that just is, didn't count them back on the boat.
2: All boats, all like diving boats, have this thing at the back. So it's like a, a platform yeah. that goes down. Like you literally can't get on the boat without that platform, even if like the deck's just there, because there's nothing nothing to like press on in the water. Yeah.
1: You can't So hoist You can yourself literally up. just be
2: like, I'm waving my hands in the in the air, you know, like trying to grab onto me, but you yeah. can't, you know? So if like they don't even have like the simplest safety things like that, you're you're screwed.
1: Absolutely. I just think, to be honest, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to go diving. No. We've already had (laughs) two stories in, what, 13 episodes of... Very bad things that have happened to people that have put on a wetsuit and gone down. I so snorkeling. I don't even think I can be bothered to do that. Really? I love I just, snorkeling. If, if it's a clear enough sea, I can see those fish. So I'll just stand above and <laughs> That's look. That's enough. Watch That's
0: a, <laughs> it deep sea. Just watch TV. Yeah, 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 we'll just do that. <laughs> don't don't go to the Seychelles. Just watch TV. <laughs> oh, I love stand
1: it. under a shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much, Henry. Yeah, that was incredible. Coming, yeah. horrible, it's such horrible, a pleasure. But that was a fascinating story. Very glad you lived to tell the tale. And Simon. Hi, Simon. Will he listen to this? I'm going to make him listen. Okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah, please do.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you so, so much.
1: Thank you so much. And Henry's releasing a podcast pretty soon. uh, So when that's live, we'll share a link on our socials so you can listen to it too. Thank you. It's about, well, toxic masculinity and how men are told to behave and how they can be their better self
2: that is it helping men become who they want to be not who they're told to be
1: exactly so yeah we'll definitely share that as soon as it's live and we'll definitely be first listens um but thank you thank you again
2: uh thanks guys absolute pleasure
1: lovely
0: girl crushes else Okay, so mine is um, someone that I was going to do last week and then I changed because uh, who I had last week was quite relevant to that week. Um, so it's Rupi Kaur. I follow her on Instagram and she posts a lot of her poetry on there. Um, and obviously she is a very good poet. Yes. Um, and I particularly was struck by a poem that she posted I think it was last Wednesday or Thursday when there was a lot in the press about um, the atrocities that's going on in the USA with all the splitting of um, migrant adults and children and just not good stuff happening there. Um, I don't think I'm going to read it because I don't think I can read poetry on this podcast. How long is
1: it? Give it a go. It's super
0: short. Okay. Okay. You split the world into pieces and called them countries, declared ownership on what never belonged to you, and left the rest with nothing. Which I thought was very powerful. Yeah, massively. Yeah. So I gave that a little like. And then also, she posted a picture yesterday, I think, and she looks like fucking fire. Um, I'll show you because you're literally oh, in front mate. of me. Yeah. She's absolutely rocking a gorgeous suit. Power suit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if I think any- it's
1: quite hard to pull off a suit.
0: Yeah, I don't think I could. Men and women. Yeah. Not being sexist. <laughs> no. All of you. Um, <laughs> key, te- good tailoring is key, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's a great poet. Banging. Always looks banging. Top woman. So she's mine.
1: She's probably, apart from like maybe Carol Ann Duffy from when I was a kid, she's probably the most prolific poet that I know. Like, mm. everyone got her books... Yeah. Over the last couple of years, and loads of people share them on a regular basis. Yeah. I actually don't have them. I'd really like to buy them. No,
0: so I don't have them. So I was a little bit like, should I do her? Because I don't actually have her books. And no, but a bit she
1: still made a difference to you.
0: Yeah, and um, it, it it is something that you know you've. I've just got. I've just got a list as long as my arm of books that I want to buy and yeah. read. And just never. I'm the slowest reader, particularly when I'm working. I just can't like not at work but you know like if I go on holiday <laughs> don't
1: hire elves because you just sit there and read books, <laughs> books lazy
0: when I go on holiday I manage to get through books fairly quickly but during the week I find it harder yeah. to find the time um but I do want to buy I think it's milk and honey and yes. the sun and her flowers yeah yeah
1: everyone on the internet had a copy and yeah. were sharing like different poems that meant something to them and it was just really nice
0: yeah so uh, that's all our projects. Let's, if you don't have it, get it. We'll get it. Maybe we'll do like a book club. I mean, we'll wait.
1: Poetry is quite easy to read though, isn't it? To be fair. Well, I think Read it's easy. one poem from <laughs> one of her poetry books. Yeah. Boom.
0: And write a little report on it.
1: Okay. I can do that. Yeah. Fine. Maybe we'll just do that ourselves. Oh, yeah. No, no, not on the podcast. Not truly
0: serious about that. No one's tuning in for that.
1: Doesn't have death in it. So,
0: you know. Exactly. Well, some might. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Um... Mine is my girl crush of the week is Jacinda Arden. Okay, who is the Prime Minister of New Zealand.
0: I, uh, of course, yeah.
1: She just had a baby. Yes, she, she did. She popped out a little baby. Yeah. She's called, I'm going to read the name because I can't remember off the top of my head. The baby is called Neve T. Aroha.
0: Neve is a very nice name.
1: Yeah, so it's spelled N E V E rather ah. than Neem. N i a m h.
0: Oh, I was thinking n e a v e, but I don't think that's ever a spelling of it, is it? Maybe that is for you. No, but Neve.
1: Who's the American actress Neve? Her. Oh. She's spelt Niamh Campbell. Niamh, yeah, she's spelt Neve Campbell. Yeah, oh, she spelled n e v e. Okay. Um. Anyway, so uh, aroha in Maori means love, and t Aroha is also the name of a mountain near where her family come from. Oh. So it's a nice meaning, and it's obviously nice that she used the name in Maori. Yeah. Um, But, apart from that, because basically it was on the news because the Queen, everyone, sent their congratulations. Yeah. But she... Go on.
0: Sorry, I was going to say, and wasn't there like a bit of uproar, maybe not from New Zealand itself, but just about the fact that she was, she's Prime Minister and she's having a baby, like, how's she going to do it?
1: Probably, because she is the first elected world leader to take maternity leave. So she's the first leader, effectively, to have a baby during her power.
0: Yeah, that doesn't...
1: Which is kind of crazy in 2018 but then very understandable it doesn't
0: surprise me though because the amount of women that have led to countries is a handful and they tend to be a bit older and yeah. so maybe have had children or so yeah to kind of be doing that and also having children at the same time yeah. is I mean amazing what a role model but I'm not surprised that no that it's she's never the first. happened before yeah yeah
1: it's it's kind of crazy so I think I think it's not massively clear but i think she gets six weeks maternity
0: i've read that six weeks yeah
1: but she still is on call for major government issues so for instance Whoa. if war broke out tomorrow in new zealand she, very unlikely yeah. she has to put neve down and yeah run to work basically the war out um but her husband um will be the child's primary caregiver mm. once she returns to parliament but yeah. i just think like obviously there's lots of things that we can talk about about like mums wanting to be around their babies and the bonding and stuff Mm. but I'm quite career driven Mm. I care about my career yeah maybe want to have children too like it's nice to have someone doing things that isn't oh you know don't have children or someone that is like no no no, I can do it all I can do both it's gonna be fucking hard but I can do it
0: yeah and I think to have that role reversed in such a high profile you know there are a lot of couples and families that do do it that have you know that the man is the primary caregiver and the woman goes back to work because it's 2018 and as it should be but that's not still not
1: the norm norm. it's not a balanced approach is it
0: no and it's not what you see particularly in the media or in the world, so the fact that somebody is doing it who's literally running a country is good for women and men to be like, cool, we'll do it that way and that's, that's yeah. not unusual and anybody that kind of says it is can get to fuck anyway. Yeah, exactly. It
1: kind of tapped into what Henry was talking about with his podcast as well, mm. like for guys growing up to see that, yeah, the husband is the primary caregiver and she's running a country, like, yeah, fine, you don't have to be the one that's more career-driven in your relationship. No. doesn't matter like you can do whatever you want you literally can do whatever you want it's your life like, yeah
0: yeah yeah don't yeah. worry about
1: stereotypes
0: and that's why yeah it's positive for men and women for women it's good to see from like a career point of view and for men it's good to see because there probably is a bit of a not you know but sometimes there might be a bit of a
1: almost emasculated yeah. yeah
0: but actually of course you can there's no reason why not like, absolutely like you say, do what you want.
1: Do whatever you want. We're all it's adults. As long as you're not
0: hurting anybody.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, definitely don't go around killing people. Like no. that's just not frowned frown upon.
0: Yeah, or, you know, intentionally... Upset people. Yeah, cutting yeah. them deep.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that... Do whatever the fuck you want. Do what you want. Yeah, it's my life motto anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good one. Mm. And don't be a dick. Yeah. Easy peasy. Easy. Well, that's the end of episode... Thirteen. 13. Hopefully...
1: You didn't miss Daily so much that you're never going to tune in again. Yes. She will be back she next week. She will be back. She
0: better be back unless she just loves Spain so much. She, well, she's been before, hasn't she? She came back She's that coming time. back, yeah. yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed the slightly different uh, set-up this week. Yeah, let us know what you thought. I mean, yeah.
1: Henry was the first. We thought his story was really fascinating, really interesting. So wanted him on anyway. Not yeah. saying this is going to be a long term thing. No, but would love to know what you think of real life story. Well, obviously all of the stories are real life stories, but like yeah. a real person talking about their mis situation their or like their story. Um, that's what you think. And also, if you've got your own story and want to do want to follow in Henry's footsteps, then just
0: let us know. Yeah, give us a
1: shout. Email uh, whatawaypod at gmail yeah. Speaking of emails, yes. yes, just want to give a quick shout out to. Tiffany who sent us a lovely email yes. what we would like to call fan mail <laughs> if um, we were to be so bold if we were to be so arrogant um over the weekend just saying how much she liked the podcast and she was binging it um mm. and yeah it was just honestly as this sounds really ridiculous but it was just so lovely to have an email from someone that isn't one of our friends yeah. or a connected friend say how much they like the podcast we just do it for a laugh anyway. We yeah. really enjoy it. But actually, if people are enjoying it too, it's just, it makes everything so much nicer. So thank you so much, Tiffany, for sending that email. Yeah. It was really well received and you really did brighten up our days. Yeah, it was so lovely. Yeah,
0: our day. Yeah, no, it was great. Like we, like Sarah said, we have a good time doing this, but the fact that some people seem to be listening that we don't know is really nice. Make yourselves known because we really enjoy... Yeah, let's have a bit of chat. Them. Yes, be a part of... This, come coming for an episode, or if you don't live in London, Skype we can us. Skype you somehow. We can, maybe we'll, we'll find a way. It's twenty eighteen. It's got to be. We'll way. find a way.
1: Someone's had a baby in office. Yeah. We can do it. Or
0: maybe we will do a podcast weekend away. We we'll just come and crash, <gasps> stay at yours.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who's covering the flight? I don't know. It doesn't. run, doesn't matter.
0: Oh, I was thinking like train or drive. I'm thinking UK. Oh no, maybe you're maybe you're in America. We've got quite a lot of
1: American listeners. Mm, or
0: maybe you're in Bermuda.
1: No, <laughs> we are not going there.
0: If you want to look at pictures of the stories that we tell them we put them on instagram at what that is now linked up to our twitter so at Whatawaypod pod on twitter and yep. our constant weekly promises that we'll get better at twitter and yet it's not happened but no well, no
1: it's increased because we now have it connected to our instagram <laughs> yeah, so because we're we instagram, slowly slowly we're getting, getting better there.
0: we'll get better we will see you in episode 14 <laughs> next week Complete with Claire Daly. Claire Daly, the missing,
1: Uh, missed one. Missed one, yes. But thanks for listening and we'll see you
0: next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.